a day off, which is a shir that's going to teach us not only about the first women's revolution that ever took place, um, but also an important principle in how a strong leader avoids becoming an autocrat. Uh, and that's something that, that is important uh, in family life, in business life, and in, and in political life. The, the Gemara at the top of the of the Talmud says, Toshma Zeakla. This is the, the rule, and what we're talking about here is how many people you call up for Kriyat Torah. So as you know, on Shabbat we call up seven people, and on uh, Monday and Thursday we call up three people, mm. Shabbos afternoon three people. All of that is discussed in this piece of Gemara here. So this is the principle. Kol melacha la'am. Any time that people, on days that people go to work, like a, a fast day, even, even Tisha B'Av, Korim Gimel, we only call up three people. And when there's no Bitul Melacha, where by calling up an extra person, you're not going to be holding people away from work. For example, then you read four. So the Gemara is saying the difference between whether you call up three or four people is, is keeping people away from work. We don't want to keep them away from work. The Gemara that doesn't seem to make any sense at all. Um, firstly, really, is the how long does the extra person take to call up if you've got an efficient GABA? Uh, if you've got a schleppish GABA, yeah, then you've got a problem altogether. Then, then, and the, the whole davening schleps. If you've got an efficient efficient gabber, two three minutes. How long does it take to call up an extra person? Is that what we're worried about? So why don't we not do chazaros hashatz also? Why not leave out psika de zumra also? Where does this go? All of a sudden we we don't do something because of people having to get to work. Where do we see such a thing? So that's already very very strange. And even and, and on fast days, uh, when we're worried about them going to work, what do we do at, at minkat time? There's a haftorah even we we add in there. Why are we worried about people getting back to work? It's just very, very strange. And the second thing that is strange is, since when is, is Melacha forbidden on Rosh Chodesh? We learned in, in Chagiga, on Daf Yud Chesamudalev, where I went into a whole thing about Melacha on Chol and wants to learn from Rosh Chodesh, possibly. And then the Gemara says, no, you can't learn from, uh, from Chol because there's a Korban Musa from Chol so maybe Chol is unique. Says the Gemara Rosh Chodesh Yochiach, but Rosh Chodesh will prove she yesh bo korban musaf umutar ba'asiyat melacha. You can see from Rosh Chodesh that even though there's a korban musaf, uh, we we make the extra the, the, the extra sacrifice on on Rosh Chodesh and we say the extra tefillah and extra shmona esra on Rosh Chodesh as we will do today. Isn't it interesting? We're learning the sugi on Rosh Chodesh, wow. um, and the um, and nevertheless says the Gemara in 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 Chagiga umutar ba'asiyat melacha. So we see clearly Rosh Chodesh is one of the days that, that the Melachah is, is permitted. Rosh Chodesh is a very, very unique day because it's, it, it's like the, it has the least Kedushah. And you remember we've often said Kedushah is a function of Isurim. The mitzvot attached to a particular day or a particular object or a particular person determine the level, determines the level of Kedushah. For Rosh Chodesh, they are the least number of Halachot, less than Cholamoyed, less than any other day. Um, so much so, the Gemara says, even mutar basiyat malacha. Nevertheless, mal rosh chodesh ain't kari mikra kodesh. Yes, rosh chodesh. You can't bring a proof from rosh chodesh because rosh chodesh isn't even called mikra kodesh. It's not even listed in Parshas Emor with all the mikrai kodesh. Elo mikrai kodesh. Asher tikrulahem. These are the mikrai kodesh. Rosh chodesh isn't there. 
So Rosh Chodesh isn't a day of sanctity. And, and yet we, we do have to bring a korban. So it's a, it's a strange day. And the Gemara in Chagiga says, Umutar the Gemara in Megillah tells us that Rosh Chodesh is a day where there's, where there's an Isu Melacha, where the people don't, don't do work. So we don't mind reading an extra, an extra person on Rosh Chodesh, an extra parish on Rosh Chodesh, because if people stay in shul a little longer, it's okay. Uh, so Rashi asks that really. Rashi wants to know where it comes from. And Rashi says, What it's talking about is not the kolkach. There's not as much bitzul melacha. There's a little bitzul melacha. Because the women don't work on Rosh Chodesh. Why not? When Rashi talks about Mori Hazaken, he's talking about Rabbeinu Gershom. So this is a, this goes back to the the Goenim. and Rashi says when I heard from my from my Rebbe, um, they got this mitzvah because they didn't take their nose rings off for the Egel. So that was the first women's revolution. Uh, there was a, a the, the, the authority said give put in all your jewelry. And the men did what they, whatever they could do. The women refused to participate in the in the making of the eagle. They simply refused and they rebelled against male authority at that time. Um, and Rashi then brings it added on later in the Rashi. I didn't include it over here from a picture of the the same idea. So we see it from there. Now, just, just pause there a moment. So they're given a reward. What's the reward? You can't do malach on, on Rosh Chodesh. So you're taking away more freedom from them. They're not, you're not saying you don't have to do Melacha on Rosh Chodesh. You're saying you may not. What if she wants to? What if she's got a big deal on and she wants to finish the deal? What happens if she's a, she's a musician? She loves playing music. She's a writer. She wants to write poetry. Well, she can't. And that's her reward? That, you, that you've got even less freedom on Rosh Chodesh than any other day? That makes it even harder. This whole piece of Gomorrah is so hard to understand. And then Rashi says, there's a posik that, that supports this. Because with David and Yonatan, it says, you'll come down to the place where you hid during the Yom HaMaaseh. And this is on Rosh Chodesh. And this wait next to the milestone, and that's where we, you'll meet me. And Yom the Targum Yonason says, means a weekday. And we're talking there about Rosh Chodesh. She says to him, tomorrow's Rosh Chodesh, and you'll meet me at the place where you stand on a weekday. And the day before Rosh Chodesh, he calls a weekday. So you see, Rosh Chodesh is not a day for working. That's what you see from there. Says, says Rashi. Tosfus brings the same thing. Asks the Kashi from the Gemara in Chagiga. And he answers because these the women on opportunity from, from Melocha. The... Um, the River Van is interesting. We don't know a lot about the River Van. He's a Rishon from the 13th century and one of the early Italian Rishonim. And um, what most of what we know about him, him comes from his Talmud, the Shibole Haleket, who quotes him a lot. Uh, and the River Van says about Rosh Chodesh, The River Van is the first time where we see mention of the fact that it wasn't just the women. 
that the men used to, there used to be parties on Rosh Kodesh. People used to have Sa'udah's mitzvah on Rosh Kodesh. They used to do a little bit more on Rosh Kodesh. And we see that it wasn't just the women who were, um, who, who celebrated Rosh Kodesh. The Mordechai goes further. Mordechai is already an old friend of ours. You remember the Talmud of the Maharam Rutenberg. Um, and the Mordechai says, Mordechai says, and he brings something else in the name of Ri. It's the men also didn't do heavy work on Rosh Chodesh. So he's bringing the same proof that Rashi brought. But he's bringing it to show that men also didn't do melacha because it's, it's the Yonasan and David are talking to each other. These are two men talking, and he's calling it Yom Amaisa. So you see, it's not just a woman's day, but the men also didn't do um, didn't do melacha on that day. So, so what is really is really going on with this? So the only one who, who makes total sense of it all is the is the Bach, uh, and the Bach says. Bach remembers the parish on the tour, uh, that is important. I've often said that Bach is bold, he's courageous, he's innovative. He has a different way of seeing the world. And here you'll see an example of it. Don't misunderstand Tosfus to think that women are not allowed to do melacha. The letter, that's not true. This is reward. This is not restriction. Why would you impose more restrictions on somebody you're trying to reward? That doesn't make sense. What does it mean? This is Women's Freedom Day. Your husband can't tell you what to do on Rosh Chodesh. That's what Rosh Chodesh is. So why then, the whole question that we've got here, if it's all about the women, why do we let the men stay in shul longer? And we say, we don't mind calling up an extra person. So our first question was, call up an extra person. Really? Is that going to be the problem? You're going to keep him away from work for another three minutes? Is that the issue? And secondly, if the problem is that the women, if the issue is that the women aren't going to work today, why are you giving the men more time in shul? The men are working. So what, what's the reason for that, that we're saying we don't mind calling up an extra person? Because it's, it's, there's no bitu malacha. But for the men, there is bitu malacha, according to everybody except the Rivavan. And the Mordechai introduces the idea that for men it's also. So we understand, according to the Rivavan and the Mordechai, there's a bit more understanding of why we're willing to add the extra parsha in the Kriyat Torah. But according to Tosfos, where does it come from? Explains the, the Bach. To remind the men that it's a Yom Tif when they get home. And if you go to work, that's fine, but don't ask your, your wives to do anything. This is not a time that you, that you make your wives work. They've been given this reward. It's up to them. They can work if they want to. They don't have to work if they don't want to. You have no authority over your wife's working time on, on Rosh Chodesh. That's her day of freedom. That's the celebration of that first woman's revolution that we give. And, that, and that's the thing. So according to the Bach, it's beautiful. The Bach, because the Bach says it's not, uh, it's not obligatory. They're not allowed to work. It's their choice. Do what you want. It's the day of, it's a it's freedom day for women, uh, for, for, for the wives of men.
And the Shulchan Aruch seems to go that way as well, because he says, Anashim shenoagot shelo lasot bo melacham minag tov. If they have a minag not to do work, it's good. Then the Ramo adds, and if the minag is to do a bit of melacha, then that's fine. And if it's up to them. Although the Mishnah Brura brings, he brings the, the, the Bach and, um, in the Bir Halacha, and he says, "Achin mikola poskim sheveti lemala lo mashmakid varav eladiyish mitzvah al anashim limnoa berushkodesh milachem." The Mishnah Brura paskins women should not work on berushkodesh. Not may not work; they should not work uh, against the Bach. The Orach Hashulchan kind of resolves it a little bit better because the Orach Hashulchan says there are different places. Mm-hmm. What's important is once there's a minak, uh, and that's probably the way to understand the Mishnah Brura as well. Once the women have, have established a minak. That minag has to be observed. It's not for each woman to make up her own mind. But what minag they decide, what work they do, what work they don't do. Hashulchan says in their times, different groups of different social strata used to keep different levels of Rosh Kodesh, and that's fine, whatever the minag is. What's important is it's in their control. Nobody told them what the minag has to be. So according to the Bach, every woman is free to just make her own choice. According to the Orach Hashulchan, and perhaps the way, although the Mishabura sounds more severe, but according to the Aruch HaShulchan, at least, um, every woman doesn't make up her own mind, but the, the women in general decide what minhagim they want for, for Rosh Chodesh. What's important here is to see uh, the many things that, that, that are important. And the, the, the Bach introduces such a beautiful understanding of what, of what this is all about. Uh, what's important is that the women are rewarded for their rebellion. How does that happen? We always talk about the importance of discipline and obedience and this and that. So now you look what Achashverosh did when his wife rebelled. Um, he wasn't he wasn't too happy about it. And here we're rewarding the women for rebelling. The husband told them what to do in the midbar, and they said, no, not doing it. So what we see from here is that's the difference between an autocracy and leadership. Leadership, and we talk, touched about it on Shabbos when I talked about the, the danger of celebrity. A celebrity is when somebody doesn't have to give reasons because he can't be challenged. Whatever he says is, a, is taken as gospel. But, uh, but he hasn't explained how he got there, what the reasoning is, and, and, and the danger that we do that with our poskim as well. The Gedolim said, <laughs> the Gedolim said, show me how they reasoned it out. Show me the, show me the lomdis. Otherwise, I'm not interested in what the Gedolim said. It doesn't make any difference what they said. What's important is how they got there, what the reasoning is. Because a, 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 a Talmud Chochem opens himself up to challenge. That's how we preserve the Amitut of Torah, the, the truth of Torah is you open up yourself to challenge. When a Talmud Chochem just lays down the law and doesn't explain how he gets there, he's making himself into a celebrity, and we explained on Shabbos the dangers of people becoming celebrities. The same applies in leadership with autocrats. An order, a, a leader has to be strong. But a strong leader opens himself up to, to challenge, to questioning. That's what he does. And the way he does that, so for, for example, with my clients, one of the things that we teach is it's important that every person in your organization knows the values of the organization, down to the sweeper. And the sweeper has the authority to go to the chief executive and say, Mr. Chief Executive, I don't understand. You told us these are the values. Why are you doing X, Y, or Z? Why is the company doing this? We have, we have values. Then you have a culture of, of challenge that keeps leadership honest. That's all you need. Then you can be as strong as you want as a leader. But if you're a strong leader and there's no basis to challenge because there aren't values, then it's very difficult. It's the same in a home. A, a parent, a father, a husband, a wife, a mother. 
There, there needs to be strong leadership. It's one of the things we're missing today is that our children aren't being led. The children are leading the parents. There needs to be strong leadership. Are you, can, can you enforce children? No, they're free to challenge. There's halacha. There's Torah. They need to be taught the Torah so that they have a basis from which to challenge. And a child can say, Dad, I don't understand why you're asking us to do this. It doesn't seem to be that that's the right thing to be doing. And then there's a conversation. That the, one of the foundations of strong leadership is the willingness to be challenged, the, open, the openness to challenge, based on, on principles that are pre-agreed. So when the men asked the women to contribute to the, to the Egel Hazahav, they said no. Not because we're disobeying you, because we're obeying the Rebbeinu Shalom. Because these are, the, these are the values we all agree to, including you. You're now asking me to support you against the very values that you told us about and that we all agree together. That's the, that's the nature of challenge. Challenge is not just, no, I don't want to, I'm stubborn. Challenge is to understand we've pre-agreed certain principles and you're asking me to go against those principles. That is something I'm not prepared to do. The women did that so many thousands of years ago. And still today, every single Rosh Chodesh, we are reminded and they are reminded of that act of heroism and how important it has been.